What is up and welcome everybody to a championship edition of Three Footed Tackle. I'm your host, Daniel Bramlett, and it's been a little while. We've been nursing a championship hangover, let's face it. The women won the World Cup, the men almost won the Gold Cup. We're going to talk about both those results as we wrap up the international scene this summer, and then talk a little bit about how the U.S. and Mexican worlds of soccer are merging a little bit between Liga MX, MLS. What's going on with that? It's Three Footed Tackle. Vamanos! All right, everybody, he is back. The man who crushes Mexican League soccer DFS in his spare time and lives that quiet family lifestyle in his uh, nine to five. What's going on, Enrique Velasco? <laughs> How you doing, man? What's up, man? Just getting over this summer international tournaments and trying to get back to the long season of club matches. But everything's good. How about you? Good, man. Yeah, it's been a couple of days hangover. Tournaments wrapped on Sunday, right? The World Cup, Gold Cup, Copa America, everything wrapped all up. And we're recording this on a Wednesday. So we, I've been just kind of getting over it all for the last couple of days, I guess, really soaking it all in and trying to keep up drinking with the women's national team as they go on their party tour. I, I don't know. Are you doing the same? I'm trying to keep up. They're on a roll right now. They're having too much fun. But, you know, we have daily jobs. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, we got to live our lives. But I was thinking about them as I watched them on their victory tour and obviously partaking quite heavily in a couple of cases, which I have no problem with at all. And especially because you figure, think of all the time they put in training and like how much they probably abstained from partying and all the work they put in to get to the cup. So, of course, why wouldn't you let loose and just like really go on a bender for a few days? I think that's awesome to see. Yeah, man. Another case. Salcedo from Mexico, after like the match, she started drinking ASAP. <laughs> she started going to interviews. It was crazy. Yeah, I saw he was carrying around a, a bucket of Modelo's, right? <laughs> Through all the interview rooms. So it was great. It's Modelo time. You know, you win the Gold Cup, it's Modelo time. So same yeah, philosophy for men and women there. That's great. You, you should get paid by Modelo for that. <laughs> oh, if they don't sign him up for an ad, that's, that, they're missing the boat for sure. Well, uh, let's talk some soccer since we are back, and it's good to be back. It's been a few uh, days since our last episode, but it's been a long time, a couple weeks since your last episode, so welcome back. Uh, you fell in love with the women's national team and women's soccer as a game this summer. Are you going to keep the love? What did you think of the final? Give me your thoughts on the U.S. women's national team taking it home. It was pretty much expected, especially coming from you know an American fan. I saw the depths in the squads before the tournament started, and I just saw too much depth in the U.S. team, and they kept going, winning every game. And the Netherlands team, they you know they couldn't keep up. It was nice to just follow the U.S., and they never really had a problem scoring goals ever. Sometimes you follow a team that's going on a quest for a championship. And even if you're a big favorite, if you struggle to put the ball in the back of the net, you can make things really hard on yourself. The U.S. women, they always had goals whenever they needed them. And we were never sweating for a goal. The final was the first time that they didn't score in the first 15 minutes, but they still got to reasonably early enough that it was never a huge sweat. And props to them. Rose Lavelle's goal, awesome. Great to see her playing at the top of her game there in the final. And you know, she's been one of the hardest partiers as well, so good on her there. It's cliche to ask who your player of the tournament was. I think it's pretty obvious that you have to give that to Rapino personally. But what was your goal of the tournament? Let's go there and maybe we get a better conversation on what was the best goal scored by the U.S. women in your review? Oof, I had to give it to Lavelle. That last goal against the Netherlands, it was a key goal, and it pretty much set you know, the match on the final against the Netherlands. That was a great play by Mewis to Lavelle and just putting it back in the net. Recency bias, recency bias. I'd almost want to go with 
Rapino's second goal against France, and she came sweeping in and on that long like team goal move. That was a beautiful one. But I'm going to shout out a goal that was scored an own goal, but I think it was gar- garbage. I think it was a sweet goal by Tobin Heath from short range as she picked up a ball and like bowled around in the box and got herself free, found room for a shot, and just fired it in, and they took a tiny, tiny touch off the defender, and they call it an own goal. But I think it was just an awesome individual effort by her and represents the fact that the U.S. always had a chance, had goals coming from everywhere. Whether it was scored or own goal or not, that was one of Tobin Heath's key contributions was that play and a few other goals that she had. And it, there was contributions everywhere. It wasn't just Rapino, even though she was the big front-name star. Alex Morgan obviously crushed her fifth goal versus Thailand. I think could be a competitor, a contender excuse me, for goal of the, of the tournament for the U.S. But, yeah, it was just great to see him take it home. I Viva the U.S. women. I, I guess the question goes back to what I asked earlier. Are you going to keep following the women's game? Are you going to watch these NWSL games that are going to be on ESPN? And I've seen some a good job by a lot of the MLS teams promoting like which women's players are on the women's clubs and whatnot that correspond so you know like who you want to watch or which your favorite national team players are where, if you didn't know that before. This is cool. I'm going to start watching, not because of the hype, but actually, you know, really enjoyed watching these women playing in the sport. I don't have a favorite team as of now, but I do follow Arsenal. As you may know, I'm a Gunner fan, and I'm going to be watching the Arsenal women team as well because some Dutch players were in there, like um, Van de Donk and I think Maidana. And they're great players. You really did fall in love with the women's game this summer. That's good props to you. Yeah, man. You know, I have a girl, you know, growing up. She's two at, at the moment, but I hope to get her to fall in love with talk as well and hey maybe some dreams can come true with her and become a pro soccer player you never know i love it put a put a ball at her feet and uh have her watch the replays of the u.s women's run on dvd or a streaming service somewhere you know uh, over and over again the rest of this year it'd be great imprinted on her brain basically yes sir well, props to the women, and they will continue to be a story. They've got all kinds of political ramifications as they're suing the Federation and they're angry at the president and all of that stuff. So we will probably not done talking about them this year in 2019, I don't think. But we are done talking about them for now because we're going to talk about the men who were not as successful, at least the U.S. men. You could argue that the home team did win the title in the Gold Cup, as everyone would have expected, a clearly huge pro-Mexican crowd in Chicago. But it was a good game, and the U.S. men's national team showed out. They just couldn't finish their chances. It wasn't like they were dominated or anything. And I really enjoyed that Gold Cup final. What about you? It was a great final, in my opinion. I think it was back and forth. The U.S. dominated the first half. And second half, Mexico was all over the U.S. But we missed some key chances. Hate to talk about, you know, what if, could have, should have, whatever. But, I mean, chances like the Altidore miss, not even on target. That real shot that was off target as well. Like, man, you got to put those in the back of the net. But How about Jordan Morris, man? I mean, El Principito, Andres Cordado with the headed clearance off the line. It's rare that you beat. Guillermo Ochoa and then to beat Ochoa and not get the actual goal because the defender is there to clear it off the line that's brutal for Morris for sure I mean he put it on target and Wardell was just on the line he cleared it so you can't really say anything about that he was MIA compared to the last Gold Cup final where he showed up and scored that winning goal but yeah not his best game he he takes on a lot of haters I actually kind of liked his chances to do something in this game, I thought, because I thought we'd be playing a little bit of a counterattacking style. I like his speed to sort of catch something in a one-two down the flank, but 
he didn't show up. So there's really no no defending him from the haters. So I, I'm not even going to necessarily try from this game, but he will be back. I don't think he's out of the plans for the U.S. team going forward. Ah uh, man, I, I I think that he's gotten a couple chances to actually show what he's got, but he doesn't show up in the big games. I mean, I hope these under 20 players come up and you know step it up and to replace guys like Morris, Altidore, Bradley. Just not guys. What do you think about? Yeah. Bradley, same old story. I mean, he he was one of the better players we had out there. You just wish that he wasn't because he just can't. He's just not fast enough. He can't really keep up with the speed of the game. So, but he's so he's smart as hell. I mean, he's he keeps kind of earning his place. But it would be nice if someone would come take it from him. Yeah, we have Will Trap coming up. He still has you know experience to have on these big matches. You know, Mexico, Costa Rica, and teams like. He didn't right. earn the start here. I mean, so we needed Altidore to finish that one. Obviously, you mentioned it earlier, and it's that's what we really needed if the U.S. was going to win that game. I feel. Yeah, I believe if you would have put that in the back of the net that early in the game, we could have probably mm-hmm. put two or three more on the first half. Yeah, Morris was unlucky, and Dos Santos's goal was just great, great play. And I did see one video that kind of showed maybe Weston McKinney could have done better to track him back, but I mean, Weston McKinney. Not his best game of the tournament either, but no one's going to come at him and fire anything at him for his performance overall in the tournament. So I'm not too mad, but he did. He could have tracked back a little tighter on Dos Santos, obviously, before he got free for that shot on a little layoff from Raul, who is quality. Play. I mean, that was a great goal. It's, it's it was a great team. play. It was a great play. One of the best goals in the Gold Cup. But how do you feel about Sack Stefan just slow to react on that shot? Because I, I feel like he could have done more. He could have probably anticipated a shot and actually died. He just looked at the shot. So I was kind of iffy about his you know, play on that. Uh, yeah, I, I can't follow the goalkeeper. I mean, yeah, you would have loved him to save it, but it was just a great shot. It caught the under – it just clipped underneath the bar. It curled – he – there was traffic in front of the shooter and in front of the goalkeeper. I mean, I, it's just, you know, it was a layoff that kind of changed the direction of the play. I mean, it, I would have loved to see a dive, I suppose, but I mean, it's, I'm not too mad at Zach Steffen there. I think I'm probably more upset at McKinney than Stefan and really not too upset at either of them because Dos Santos is just that good. I mean, I'm an MLS fan, so I know how good Johnny Dos Santos is. So. Yeah, great goal overall, and props to Dos Santos, you know, scoring that goal. It seems like the Dos Santos are, you know, Mexico's worst nightmares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of gets us to our third topic of the episode, which is Gio Dos Santos going back to Liga MX from the Galaxy and just kind of the bigger picture topic of transfers both that are happening that have happened and that might happen in the future from both these leagues major league soccer to league mx the other way around what do you think of geo do you think he can recapture the magic are there any other transfers in this theme that have stuck out to you as well geo has been the biggest topic on the transfer window as far as league mx coming from galaxy i was hoping to see him last night against my team pumas because they played a friendly against america and the coach had promised to the fans that he was going to give him some play time. But I guess he just said that to, I guess, sell some tickets. <laughs> oh, he lied to sell tickets? Uh, I yeah, can't, pretty I can't much believe that would happen in the FX. No way. That's that's embarrassing coming from, you know, Pio Herrera. That's, uh, I'm a coach. fan of the league, but I, I even I would have known enough to expect that for sure. And, um, yeah, I was hoping to see some of him last night, but he didn't play. He was not even on the bench. But I think he has like over eight months without having any game time. So 
I'm not sure when he's going to start playing for America. He may come the third, fourth, you know, round of the league to play cold minutes. But there's a lot of talent in America right now. Right. It's not like he went to just some any club in Liga MX. Like, he went to America. Like, the club in Liga MX, right? So, like, they have so much talent. You're right. It's going to be – I don't know if he's going to – if he cracks the field, it's almost – a publicity sign. Is he the Tim Tebow baseball playing of uh, of soccer at this point? <laughs> <laughs> Just there as a big name to sell oh, tickets, yeah. you know, not necessarily for the play. That's a great comparison. I think he fits right in it. And, I mean, we shall see, man. I know he has a talent. I'm sure you've seen a couple of his matches with LA Galaxy. And I hope he does well for Mexico's you know, international sake. I don't, I don't see much future in him with the national team. But, I don't know, maybe he has a decent season in America, and I hope he gets called up again for Mexico. Well, I'll, you and I will definitely be watching and uh, playing fantasy contests for those games. So, we'll, we'll, if he makes an impact, hopefully we'll at least be able to spot it coming. So, when I look at this whole issue, I think of transfers the other way, obviously. And there's another one you you and I were just talking about the other day in kind of this dead period, which was Gustavo Bo going to New England Revolution. That is correct. He's strongly linked at the moment. Nothing official yet, but from what I am getting from my sources, <laughs> <laughs> he is bound to go to New England Revolution. I believe it actually did go official just a couple hours ago. Just a few hours ago, it's official. And uh, he, he's from Tijuana due to, to New England. So I think that's going to be awesome. I mean, you and I both know what an impact he can make. He's a goal scorer extraordinaire. He, and he has great touch on the ball. He can take free kicks. I don't expect him to take free kicks for New England, but, he, you know, he's that, he's that kind of skill. We've seen guys that come in and make these huge impacts, like Quintero is the classic example that I think of from last year, coming from League MX uh, to make an impact. But there's obviously other ones, and, I think Bo, Bo could be a huge pickup for the New England Revolution, to be honest. Yeah, another player that's impacted the league is Brian Fernandez to Portland. Right, that's another, yeah, that's another one this year. Good call. I should have mentioned that. Good call. He's killing it. Yeah, man, I need to start playing more MLS fantasy because I know these guys. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, yeah, you feel like you can get more involved in MLS because so many uh, League MX players are coming over, which uh, that's kind of cool. Hopefully, that'll help you make the full commitment to the U.S. domestic league because it's, it's worth it, man. Come on. I know this is not related to our fantasy podcast, but I was saying if Gustavo both starts for Revolution, this would be my first lock. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Lock him into your lineups for sure. You know he's going to shoot. So. Oh yeah, he left. I don't know if it's too late to make a an impact for New England Revolution, but they're right there just outside the playoffs right now, so there are plenty of games left to play. He, he could make an impact for sure, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him you know, play in the MLS. I'm not a big fan of MLS. I'm starting to uh, uh, get into it and start to watch some matches, especially Atlanta United, but we still yeah. watch more of these games. And uh, I think... They're back on a downswing after I think we did an episode about Atlanta United is back, right? And now they're they're back into their struggle mode. So we'll we don't want to curse them too bad, but yeah, we what, them. <laughs> what do you what do you think of Fernandez going forward? How we I mean, I feel like when he was in when he was doing this in League MX, you know, about six seven months ago, right? And we were playing him in fantasy every night. He was putting up crazy stats, and now he's coming to Portland Timbers doing the same thing. Can he keep it up? I mean, this is a guy who like has been 
busted for drugs before. It's not like he may not. I don't know if if he has the strongest constitution. Like it, it could be interesting. Hey man, don't don't judge this guy from his, from his past. <laughs> but oh, I'm I'm not judging it at all. I'm just wondering if it has made a long term impact on how he holds up. That's all. Not you know, teach their own on that one. What I've been seeing, like as far as highlights and game recaps, uh, every time I hear from uh, Portland Timbers, I, I see Brian Fernandez's name. So he's on the stat sheet all the time. So it has to be good. It has to be a good sign for them. Yeah, I mean he's teamed up with Valeri and Blanco. They have a. One, two, three, three and a monster up front of their attack. So, yeah, just more League MX guys make an impact. I, I don't know if Geo can make an impact the other way. It, it, it's going to be interesting. Kind of brings me to, we can wrap it up by just mentioning this League's Cup, which is coming around, which is going to be a competition between both leagues, sort of the top few teams in each. I think that's going to be real interesting. What Do you think that MLS can compete, or do you think it's uh, going to be a League MX dominated, just like CONCACAF Champions League? Man, when when I hear about tournaments like that, uh, I don't want to judge them too bad, but I just see like a money laundering tournament. Just doing it for the money. Money money laundering. Yeah, yeah man. It's, 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 I I don't feel like they're gonna go like all that with with these teams like America and um, I think. Yeah, it's America, like, Tijuana, Tigres, and Cruz Azul. And then Chicago Fire, Houston Dynamo, Salt Lake, and LA Galaxy. So we get started uh, in a few weeks. I will most likely check it out due to the fact that DraftKings will get involved. And I'm like, okay, I guess this tournament's awesome or whatever. And I'm winning. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, it le- if it leads to slates, then you'll be fan. Uh, two games a day, July 23rd and 24th. And then they take a month off and play, play later. So, you know, it's just a little cup. Single elimination knockout, not too bad. Not, nothing uh, to to get too time invested in. Just some games to enjoy, you know. Probably when there's nothing else going on that night. Yeah, we should see how this tournament goes. I think they had done something like that uh, prior to this one a couple of years back, but I didn't. Yeah, they've definitely tried it before, but it could be a new one. I feel like there's renewed. There's we're we're peaking interest in both leagues from like. I, I, this is just anecdotal. I don't have numbers to back it up, but there, I see more. I see more and more people following Liga MX in English, you know, and the other, and following MLS in Spanish and whatnot. So, hopefully, there's just kind of a merging of the two uh, more and more as time goes on. I believe um, it will help the youth. I'm sure they will bring like their younger squads to the tournament, and and that'll be good for them so they can develop, you know, big. Uh, teams like America, you said, and Houston. If nothing else, it's just yet another trophy for America to win this year, right? Well, I'm against that, so I hope not. <laughs> I hope they, not. They play. Uh, they play Houston Dynamo in Houston to, for the first for the quarterfinal of the tournament. So it might be a little tough. We'll see. They didn't look, they didn't look too good last night. They lost 3-0 against Pumas. I know that wasn't their uh, first team, but I mean, America stacked all around. I wanted to do a last shout out before we close out this MLS League MX uh, subject. I had forgot about Romario Ibarra from Minnesota transferred to Pachuca. How do you feel about that? Oh, I think that's good. Uh, he was like a sporadic player for United. Like he he would make an impact every once in a while, but he didn't always show up. He was there sometimes, sometimes not, and. I think Pachuca could use him though. I think he can bring something. I don't know if he'll. I don't know exactly how he fits into their plans. If he's going to be a regular starter, get more playing time, but uh, he's all right. He's a, he's not. He's a decent little player. I saw him 
a couple of matches with Ecuador and Copa America. He's he's pretty good. I, I like his. He has speed for sure. And I mean, he's had like a yeah. He was just overshadowed by Quintero. It just kind of didn't really work out for him to take as much of a spotlight. Yeah, I'm hoping to see some of him. He's still young. He's like around 24. Good future ahead of him. Well, hey, it's good to be back on the mic with you, talking football. Thanks to everybody out there that's listening, man. I hope people that are checking us out are enjoying people to tackle, for real. Yes, sir. It's always a pleasure to be joined by you to do this pod. Hubo una vez un gran rey que tenía muchas tierras, un castillo y también un amor. 